Hello and welcome to the latest episode and the first of 2019 of the West Ham Matters podcast brought to you by westhammatters.com and the Ronnie Dog Media Group. I'm your host Luke Lanville and this evening I'm delighted to be joined by Football London's West Ham correspondent and regular guest Sam Incasol. Good evening Sam, how are you? Yeah, not bad, not bad, thank you mate. Yeah, time of the the time of the year, we wasn't expecting it to be busy, but all of a sudden it has gotten very busy indeed. Uh, so I'm sure, which I'm sure we'll get into. But yeah, not bad, thank you, mate. Absolutely, games coming thick and fast, transfers coming thick and fast. New Year's resolutions? Did you have any? Uh, no. Um, I mean, I didn't even stick to my ones from last year, which were really menial at best, and it was nothing exciting. <laughs> so. Uh, I didn't stick to those. So maybe I'll try those ones again, but they haven't exactly started well. So, uh, no, what about you? Well, no, not really. That's just to, it's, a myth, just, it's a myth, isn't it? Just to be able to get some work done finally. <laughs> After, you, won't, um, you won't be saying that in five years' time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah, I just want to do more work this year. Yeah, right, a load of rubbish. After a patchy month or so where we have missed out some podcasts on Friday, so we apologise for that, but we promise... Well, we don't promise, but we'll try and get a podcast out every Friday now. Um, so, let's get on with it. Obviously, it's a great time for West Ham, and Saturday's win against Arsenal was continuing that, really. Uh, you were at the game, Sam. What did you make of West Ham's performance? Uh, I mean, they were all right. I mean, they, were, they didn't, didn't set the world on fire by any stretch, but, I mean, my, my, my overriding takeaway from the game was how poor Arsenal were, um, and they're going to get nowhere near the top four. This year, I mean, I think we, I think we knew that already. But if you, if you needed a case in point, it was that. Um, in terms of of West Ham, I mean, so they didn't play great, um, but they played better than they had done prior to that. In the really hectic, in the really hectic schedule, where they had something like what was it nine? Uh, they had seven games in this, seven games in December, uh, in the space of about twenty odd days or something ridiculous like that. So um, they, they were they looked a little bit more refreshed. Uh, and they still play. They still play some decent stuff. Defensively, they looked a lot better in the last two games. Kept two clean sheets against uh, Birmingham and Arsenal as well. That's a huge plus because clean sheets, as we know, have been hard to come by this season for for West Ham. So, they're, they're, I think that I think that's going to be crucial going forward because Issa Diop and Angelo Bonner look to have a bit more of a solid partnership, whereas previously to say prior to Christmas, it looked a little bit shaky. Uh, and what with Fabio Balbuena, but supposedly out for maybe another couple of months as well. It's good for those guys to to get a clean sheet under their belt. So that was that was very much a positive as well. Um, I mean, it, it kind of sounds like I'm putting a, a downer on beating Arsenal, which I'm not. I'm trying not to because obviously West Ham hadn't beaten them in something like 21 attempts or once in 21 attempts previously, and that was when um, Reece Oxford burst onto the scene as a 16-year-old back in 2015 at the Emirates. Um, that glorious summer's day. That glorious summer's day, and then went up to Liverpool and beat them as well, didn't we? Um, but yeah, so I mean, it, it was it was a I'd say it's a workman. It was a workman like display. It was a tidy display. It was nothing really that flash about it. Um, Arsenal weren't very good, but you still got to beat what's in front of you. And Arsenal was supposed to be a good team, uh, not from the evidence that I saw. But uh, you take three points against Arsenal every day of the week. West Ham's record now against the big six, big four teams, however you want, however you want to put it, it's actually quite good, especially at home. Mm-hmm. Beating yeah. Man United, drawn with Chelsea. Who um, draw Spurs? Lose Spurs at home. Very narrowly. Very narrowly, yeah. It was very narrowly lost to them. And and a beating Arsenal at home as well. So beat Man United 3-1. So, um, good performances at home against against the big sides, which is, uh, which is always a positive as well because the home form seems to be Picking up now, there's a lot more consistency at home. So yeah, it's been a it's been it's been a good been a good time since we last since we last spoke. 
certainly, which was in um, early December. We have to talk about that uh, performance from Declan Rice. We've seen Declan Rice do that for quite a while now, but I feel it was the first time the wider footballing world has got to see a proper Declan Rice performance and obviously he was talked about more because of his goal but what do you think this will do for him moving forward? I actually think he played better at Southampton which I know sounds sounds weird to say but you're absolutely yeah. right in the um, the fact that he scored brought more attention to his game yeah. but he, the first half especially at Southampton he was brilliant for the whole game but, and that was that was on TV as well wasn't it that was on Sky yes yeah, Sky um, his first half performance there was one of the best first half performances I've seen from any player this season in any for any team in the Premier League he's brilliant um, and he's just going from strength to strength I think having his future sorted out it, it helps no end he's obviously signed a new five and a half year contract uh, got a nice big pay rise to go with it as well so he had no one so he's obviously full of beans in it anyway um but yeah, he was excellent against Arsenal and really helped. We really, really coped, coped really well with with Lacazette and Aubameyang, who was trying to make those runs in between defence and midfield. Um, and he took his goal like a season striker did, just sweeping it into the top corner. And look, we know he's class. I've, we've we've watched him since he was. I've seen him since he was eighteen at the under twenty threes when they got promoted to the uh, Premier League Two uh, Division One. He was playing the centre half, and I mean he's been fantastic. He's just going from strength to strength. I think he can play for any team in the top four. Um, I'd have him in the England team over Eric Dyer or Jordan Henderson. Um, that's probably biased, but it's true. I would. Uh, so, yeah, he, he's just a class act. He's one of the best academy products we've seen in years coming out of West Ham. And, and he's someone that can build a team around as well, which I think is crucial going forward. However, according to one particular Everton fan on Twitter earlier, he wouldn't get in the squad at Goodison Park. Utter nonsense. <laughs> Utter nonsense. I'm not surprised though if an Everton fan saying that because they've got some sort of weird agenda against this town, which I have no idea why. Ever since James McCarthy tried to snap in after Mitchy Pyatt at Goodison Park, or wasn't it Upton Park? I can't remember. But ever it since then, Park, yeah. ever since then, they've just kind of had this, this weird agenda. Like, get back in your box. It was like, <laughs> What are you talking about? I mean, and plus they're in tenth now as well. I mean, admittedly West Ham are now higher above them, but my point still stands. They're higher in the table. Um, so it's like, yeah, what's 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 the deal? I mean, would you? Idrissa Gay's a good player. Don't get me wrong, he's a great player actually. He's 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 one of the better defensive midfielders in the in the Premier League. But I think if he had if you if they had a, an academy product coming through that was as good as Declan Rice, they'd want him in the team. So he's rubbish. Definitely, I think it might stem from when. West Ham beat Everton to the signing of Sam Byram in January 2015-16, rather. Well, which did, did is interesting. Out, yeah, but. well, probably worked out worked out better rather than it did West Ham. <laughs> let's be honest. Definitely. Um, anyway, we we have to get back to um, to well to football stuff, and um, uh, Sammy Nazri's impact since he's joined West Ham. What have you made of it? Good. He's um he, he's not he, he certainly doesn't look like he's lost a step despite not having played uh, before the Birmingham game he hadn't played football for for uh, thirteen months um yeah. he, well, obviously his 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 um his, his petrol tank's not going to be full to the brim he's going to struggle and he has been taken off what, what did he get just over an hour on um on Saturday uh, seventy one minutes seventy one minutes against uh, Arsenal and just over just under an hour sorry against Birmingham um. Playing in that 10 role, which is something that we haven't really seen from the West Ham this season because Manuel Lanzini's been injured. It was really interesting to see how that would work with the front three and it looked really good. Um, 
with Nazari playing in there. Often he was always, sometimes he was playing as the as a nine, which was very strange. But it, there was a lot more fluidity to West Ham, I think, at the weekend. There's a lot more interchanging. And one thing I like about Nazri is that he's always, he always finds, he's one of those players that can always find himself in space. Like he's always got time. He always seems to have time on the ball, wherever he is in midfield. Uh, and that's, a, that's, that's the hallmark of a good player. I mean, his assist for Declan Rice's goal was pretty straightforward. I mean, he could do that with his eyes closed. Um, but his other range, his range of passing is great. His set piece delivery is great. I'd like to see him take some corners instead of Felipe Anderson if Robert Snodgrass isn't in the team, like he wasn't at the weekend. Um, and and yeah, he he just looks to have that aura about him of a man that's got something to prove, which he has. And he's got the experience. He's got the Premier League experience now. He's had a rough time of it, and he's I think he's determined to repay Pellegrini for taking a punt on him. And he knows he's got to earn it over the next six months because that's all he's got. Um, and if he doesn't, uh, if he doesn't do well enough, then he's not going to get uh, get get, in a, get a contract extension. So it's not rocket science. He's got to work his backside off, and I think he has been. And uh, I, I judging on the first two games that we've seen from him, I think he's going to be a very he's proved going to prove to be a very shrewd acquisition on a free transfer. Certainly, do you think there was too much scepticism when he signed? Yeah, there was um, because I mean everyone goes through tough times and and, and strange periods, but then admittedly his was of his own doing um, but by the sounds of it he's got himself back on straight and now where he's been given a second chance and I think most people should get a second chance in life really um, he's been given one and, and, and he's determined to take it obviously look he's going to get flack for for what happened with the whole uh, drip doctor thing and all that yeah. nonsense um, that's to be expected but even as he said when at the week after the weekend when Arsenal fans booed him and wherever he goes I don't care I'm done with it I'm over it um, He's just going to get his head down and play football. And if he starts playing, and I don't think we'll see him at the level that we might have seen him at City when he's in his pomp, but then he's in his mid to late twenties. Um, but if they can get seventy percent of that at West Ham, I think he'll turn out to be a very good player indeed. So uh, yeah, there was a lot of scepticism, but I think he'll probably work that off um, if if his performance levels stay the way they are, which is going to be tough because he's not played for so long. But you never know. Definitely. Another kind of talking point from Saturday was, and wrongly, it almost overshadowed a great win for West Ham, was Marko Arnatovic's, well, I think, well, I don't know whether it's too early to call it a farewell, but it certainly looked like one, didn't it? It did look like one. Uh, I don't think it was just yet. I mean, it's... Obviously, they're away at Bournemouth this weekend, so it, it, might, it might have been his last game at the London Stadium. I don't know. Who have they got there next? Liverpool. Liverpool. Is it Liverpool next early Monday? February. Yeah. Uh, on the Monday, or the Monday, the Monday night. after. Yeah, I, I know. It's mad, isn't it? They got that, that silly game, silly game for the Monday night. Yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, so, I mean, it, it might have been his farewell to the London Stadium, perhaps. I don't think it was his farewell to West Ham just yet. Uh, the players obviously had a few days off um, after Saturday lunchtime. They had a few days off and they came back to training this morning. On Tuesday, sorry, this morning, for your listeners who are listening to whenever this goes out, it was Tuesday morning. Yeah. Um, and on out of its trained, um, all the first team players that were supposed to be there were there. Um, we, look, we're expecting, I I fully expect him to go this this month, despite West Ham saying, look, we're not, he's not for sale, he's not going anywhere. Uh, I, 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 would be, I, I know West Ham are bracing themselves, the top brass are bracing themselves for another bid, which is probably going to be further towards what their valuation is. They're holding out for 50 million. Suspect if they got offered 45, they'll take it. 
Um, I think if they took forty five, if they offered forty five, David Sullivan would probably fly out, fly on out bitch out there himself and take it. Because for a twenty nine year old, no matter how good he is, for a twenty nine year old, um, tempestuous striker, I think forty five million to fifty million is probably about right. Um, obviously, you, you think he might be worth more. If you look at the likes of Callum Wilson, who have been seventy five million price tag stuck on his head, rubbish. Mitrovic, fifty million, rubbish. Um, it's, it's an overinflated market at this time of year, anyway. But I think if West Ham can prize as much yen as they can out of uh, out of the Chinese Super League club, I imagine how much. I wonder how much it is in yen actually. Wow, <laughs> I don't even want to know. It'd be like five hundred billion yen or something probably to to sign in that out of it. Um, yeah, I, there's this there's this theory going around which I kind of uh, agree with, uh, and that I I'm going along with is that he goes out there for six months, makes an absolute fortune. Um, if he's offered, say, 250 grand a week, which is the talk, and then he comes back to the Premier League at the start of next season, like a top four team, like Chelsea or United or and Spurs. He's just, or he's just stored in, in China for a few months. Yeah. Made an absolute fortune, trousered millions in cash, and then comes back to the Premier League after a six-month sojourn in the Far East. So would I be surprised if that happens? I genuinely wouldn't. I think it's actually something that could happen um, because I'm, I'm sure he's not seeing himself in China for the long haul. He no. must, he might, unless he's really keen to win the, the Chinese uh, Super League, yes. Premier League title sponsored by whoever um, to win trophies. So, um, wouldn't surprise if he's going to make a quick buck and then come back. But, but yeah, it's, uh, we were under the impression that West Ham weren't going to have a quiet, uh, sorry, they, they were going to have a quiet transfer window. It was like Gary Medell was maybe going to be here and that was about it. Maybe one couple of loan signings perhaps, and that wasn't even a certainty. Whereas now, if Arnautovic does go, they're going to have to find someone to replace him. It's going to need to be a big signing. And it's going to need to be a big. It? It's going to need to be a big signing as well. Um, and it's going to have to be this month. And the club do want to do it this month. They won't wait until the summer because they're in a good position to challenge for seventh place. So if he goes, they have to get a replacement in because, to quite frankly, the other strikers at the club aren't up to it. And um, so, and a lot of owners could potentially then therefore end up on Philippe Anderson. Um, so yeah, it, it's going to be interesting into the transfer window how long have we got left a couple of weeks of it isn't it yeah. um, so yeah I, I would, 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 do I expect him to be a West Ham player by the end of the window no I don't uh, and it will certainly be interesting to see who they bring him definitely we have our top researchers working on the show tonight and we can reveal that 50 million in yen is indeed 6 billion 979 million 682,556 yen that's a lot of yen for Marko Arnautovic that is a lot of yen. Six billion. That's well, absurd. Seven billion, really. Well, yeah, technically seven billion. Yeah, that's insane. <laughs> uh, although, although they, they, for some reason, they um, work in euros. I have no idea why when it comes to football wow. transfers, but they do in euros because the offer yeah, for him. Yeah. Lots of people were saying it was a thirty-five million pound bid. That's for, that's wrong. It was a thirty-five million euro bid, um, and it was thirty-one point five million pounds. Um, so yeah, I don't know why they offered it in euros. Maybe their offices are based in Europe somewhere. I don't know. But 6 billion yen. Imagine what that looks like as a wad of cash. <laughs> if you'd need a warehouse to, to store it all in. Yeah, that's a dodgy sure. looking suitcase. <laughs> Certainly. Uh, as, as much as I would love to talk about Mark Arnautovic and yen all night, we have to move on to another West Ham striker who kind of a little bit out of the blue is being linked with a move away today Javier Hernandez what can you tell us about that deal 
Well, I, it, it wasn't out of the blue as such as it was all when it, when it first came out again today. It was almost as if it was just recycled from December, um, and well, sorry, November when um, Hernandez came out in the press and said, oh, "I might leave in the winter. I might leave in the summer," um, and we all kind of like, "Yeah, righto." Uh, and then, I, and then, I, my initial inquiries today were like, "There's no way, not even West Ham, not even West Ham would sell Mark Arnautovic and Javier Hernandez in a transfer window. Not even they would be that ridiculous and that stupid." Um, I was then, t- I was told straight off the bat, rubbish. Um, but then, a little bit further investigation with um, other sources, then came back with a different story, uh, which is that Valencia have agreed a deal with Javier Hernandez's representatives and probably himself for a loan deal for the rest of the season. But Valencia can't afford a permanent deal. Um, they've got no money, which is why they, and, and they've obviously cut short Vichy Batshuayi's loan from Chelsea, uh, which was supposed to be a season long, but has, only, has ended now at six months. So, and West Ham, is the, the, the line that they've given me the whole, the whole January transfer window and leading up to it was that we're not loaning anyone no one's leaving on loan uh, in this window from the first team. And that, and that's what I was told again then today by, by a couple of sources that I've got there that said the same thing. Look, he's, he ain't going anywhere on loan. They can agree a deal. They can agree, agree a loan deal all they want. We're not going to agree. We're not going to agree to it. It's tantamount to tapping up essentially this, but this is how it yeah. works. For those of you that might not know, this is how it works. Um, so yeah, I, we, do, I, I can't see him leaving uh, unless Valencia can somehow stump up talk is 10 to 12 million for him um then the west ham might entertain it but they can't sell him and arnautovic in the same window they just can't because then that leaves them with andy carroll lucas perez Mikel antonio as an emergency striker and zandes yeah and zande silver who's had made two first team appearances it would just be absolutely bonkers and you can cope with losing arnautovic if you get a replacement in you can cope with losing hernandez if you've got a replacement in but I mean, we're halfway through the window already, so that gives them two weeks to get something sorted. And two weeks is not a long time in football to get a transfer deal over the line. So I don't, I'm not expecting Hernandez to go anywhere this month. Would he go in the summer? I suspect he could. Uh, but yeah, no, not, 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 not this month. Not unless Valencia can make an offer the West Ham countries. I'm getting shades of last January when West Ham allowed Andre Ayew and Diafrasacco to leave and signed Jordan Hugel as their replacement. Hey, you can always recall. Forgot about him. You can recall him from his loan in Middlesbrough. Yeah, and he can finally go and walk out with the bubbles. <laughs> <laughs> it, it would it would be sad if he left the club, uh, having never done that. It would because that was his whole that was his whole USP when he signed, wasn't it? That yeah. brilliant Snapchat video. I can't wait to walk out with the bubbles, and it was all like, oh mate, we can't wait <laughs> to walk out with the bubbles either. But he never well. got to do it. That that wasn't quite the mood of some West Ham fans at half eleven at night on <laughs> oh, trans- yeah. on transfer deadline yeah, day. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that, especially when there like, was Leander Dendonka was getting linked and whatever, and he was on his way over apparently. And then, yeah, Christ, I forgot about that. What a day that was! I can't I suspect this. Time, I suspect this transfer deadline day is going to be pretty hectic as well. On that subject, um, who who can you see coming in and going out? I mean, we've had the the Pedro Obiang stories kind of been a little bit of a backdrop to what's been going on with Van Artovic, mm. um in the last week or so. Obiang's the same in that Fiorentina want to loan him but um, West Ham saying no uh, and they also then did offer a permanent deal but 
uh, it was the, the, there was the issue that there was no replacement because if West Ham sold Pedro Obiang and they've only got centre midfielders are Mark Noble and Declan Rice because obviously Carlos Sanchez is out injured for the season. If they could find a replacement, they'd sell him. Obiang, if they had a replacement lined up, but they don't at the moment. So uh, and the line on Gary Medell has gone very quiet. My what, what I've heard is that actually they're not that keen on him. It's very much a Pellegrini signing. So I think the board would have to be persuaded to bring in Medell. Um, uh, any others that incomings? It could be anyone. Let's be honest, and it all depends on Arnautovic. All depends on him because if they don't sell him, and then West Ham haven't got any money to buy him at anyone anyway. So the only reason that they would potentially bring players in is if they sell. So if they got fifty million for Arnautovic and I don't know ten million for Obiang potentially, so that gives them sixty million to spend on two players. That ain't going to get you much in the Premier League these days. No. Average players go for half. Especially of that. not in January. Especially not in January when the market's inflated and teams don't want to lose players. And if they do, they overcharge. So sixty million ain't going to get you a lot. It's a real, it's a real delicate balance. And I say a lot of it depends on an out of it. So I mean, do I think anyone's going to come in? I honestly have no idea until they either if they if they sell him or don't with an out of it. That is, then it might be a different question. But as it stands. I don't see how they they, they 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 physically can't bring anyone in anyway because of FFP rules, and they haven't got the money to do so disposable cash in the first place. So yeah, let's say a lot depends over the next week or so, which I imagine hopefully they would imagine it would be sorted out by. Um, is it is it final which goes? Who do you think West Ham need in this window? Because a few months ago we we were all sitting around and saying West Ham need a right back, West Ham need a left back, West Ham need a central midfielder, but we haven't really seen many of those players linked, have we? No, uh, they still need a central midfielder, I think for sure. Because if you even even with Sanchez coming back potentially at the start of next season, that's the last year of his deal. He only signed a two-year contract, so um, or was it three years? I forget. But um, but he's also the wrong side of thirty as well. So I think they still do need central midfield cover, uh, for sure. Because as I mentioned earlier, even outside of Obiang, then they're still, he's the only cover in central midfield. What if he got injured again and suspended? Then they'd be left with no one. Um, Robert Snodgrass could play there, but that's not his position. So I think they still need a central midfielder. Absolutely. Um, I don't think. Another, I think another winger wouldn't go amiss. Still, just for Yarmolenko's spot. Uh, apart from that, it was, it's difficult to say where else they need anyone, really, because with Ryan Fredericks is coming back from injury, he should be in the squad ideally this weekend, more likely next. Um, and on the on the other flank, Aaron Cresswell has been in fantastic form the last three weeks, four weeks. Uh, and it was like uh, both him and Masawaku have been rubbish. They need a new left back. Whereas now you're thinking actually Cresswell's done all right and Masawaku can be his cover for him. So those two aren't as those two positions aren't as necessary don't necessarily need to be filled so urgently um, now. So I'd say yeah they need another centre midfield and another someone that can play on the wing and and a striker as well if Anatovic goes obviously they certainly need another one of those. But yeah no those those other two the uh, central midfield and winger I think would be the ones that they could could get but I don't think wingers are pressing urgency I, f- I think we've pretty much covered that so we'll, we'll move on to talk about the FA Cup are West Ham finally going to win the FA Cup Sam? Oh definitely absolutely nailed on 
get down the bookies and lump up. <laughs> <laughs> well, United, United and Arsenal being drawn against each other is good. Yeah. Um, so that like, knocks one of them out because they're, they're one of those two is kind of normally sniffing around, aren't they? Um, I mean, I can't remember the rest of the draw. I'm sure Chelsea got an easy draw because they always do. Are you looking forward to another trip to AFC Wimbledon? Buzzing. <laughs> to the Cherry Red Records Stadium. I can't wait. <laughs> I've been on there one, been on a Saturday night, seven forty-five. Try to get around the M25 at a rush hour to get to that game. That's going to be great fun. <laughs> I can't wait. And then it's a trip to Wolves on the Tuesday night as well. Afterwards, great scenes. Um, yeah, I mean, I'd much rather that game was a twelve forty-five than a seven forty-five. Twelve forty-five, I could deal with, or three o'clock. But seven forty-five is just an absolute egg, let's say. Um, Obviously, it's a good draw. West Ham should get through. Uh, I'll be very confident that they would get through. It's a chance for Pellegrini to rest some players ahead of the Wolves game on the Tuesday as well. Um, and I think, look, I mean, a cup run, the fans would love a cup run. Um, you all remember what happened in, obviously, 2000 and whatever it was. I can't even remember the year now because it's just etched in the memory. I don't want to remember it with the, when they got to the final. Um, 2006. 2006, thank you. But... Um, we don't want to. It was a great day. It was a great day out. We'd love to get to Wembley again uh, and, and have a good cup run. And obviously, as well, if you win it, I'm, I'm walking for and running. I'm not saying West Ham are going to win the FA Cup. They probably won't. But if you do, then it's a spot in the Europa League. So I mean, there's there, there's there's plenty of positives there. So Pellegrini actually might take it quite seriously against Wembley. We took it very seriously against Birmingham. We put out a very yeah. strong team um, against the Brummies uh, in last weekend. So maybe he could do so again. I don't know because I think he does. He, he genuinely wants to win it. I, I think, think he's the only one he hasn't won, wasn't it? Yeah, the only it? domestic English domestic trophy he hasn't won. Yeah, because he won the Carabao Cup and won the Premier. League. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so the, the ones that he's entered. I mean, he hasn't won the Johnson's Paint Trophy, but well, or what is he, it now? He, the Checker Trade Trophy. The Checker Trade. Is it the Checker Trade now? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, it is. And there's another one as well, isn't it? Like the EFL Trophy yeah. or something. Is that really under twenty three? Probably not won that. I think the checker trade one is with the under twenty three. Oh, is he? Oh, this is track of the year. FA Vars. He's got to win all those before he can say he's won all the trophies. Oh, well, fair enough. Um, but yeah, he's he, got he to was, have a spell Dover Athletic. The FA Trophy and the FA Vars. Yeah, lovely jump. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, so he wants to win the FA Cup, and I think I, 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 and obviously that will be a nice for a nice bonus if they won the FA Cup. Will West Ham win the FA Cup? Probably not. But I think a run wouldn't go amiss after getting knocked out. In but in the in the early rounds of the last couple of years, that Wigan away game last year, which was a travesty, and with the season before that, getting absolutely hammered by Man City in the third round, um, a, a, a good cup run wouldn't go amiss this year. I love a good cup run as well, so um, they should get through to the, the is it the fifth round? Yeah, it's the yeah. fifth round. They should get through to the fifth round of the weekend uh, in a couple of weeks. You never know though. The FA Cup always brings up a shock or two, but. Can't see West Ham losing that game, no matter what team they put out. Hopefully not. I think there's just about enough time to ask you one question about Brexit, as it's so popular at the moment. It probably won't be as relevant by the time you listen to this, but at the time of recording, Theresa May's Brexit deal has just been um, it's been rejected. You're quite sick of all this Brexit nonsense, aren't you, Sam? Can't stand it. I'm going on holiday in a couple of weeks. Uh, first week in February. Get away from it all. I'm going to get away from it all. Hopefully, I won't have to hear about it for a couple of weeks. Just done with it. 
and there's it's like it's like it's actually kind of quite relevant actually to West Ham's transfer window. Like we don't know what's going on. We don't know what's going on with Arnautovic at the moment. We don't know what's going on with Brexit. Uh, we don't know what we haven't got long to decide what's going to happen with Brexit. It's like seventy days from now, I think. And West Ham haven't got long to decide what they're going to do with Arnautovic and what potentially happens. So there is actually a really boring parallel there, isn't there? Well, I think that's a smashing comparison. I think that <laughs> I think that rivals everything's coming up Millhouse to, to your favourite moment, to your best moment on this show. Nothing will ever beat that. Nothing will ever beat that. Let's, <laughs> let's, 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 not, let's, not, be, let's not be around the bush. Nothing will ever beat that. Um, I don't know, it'd be interesting to actually, with Brexit, it'd actually be interesting to see what it means for movement of players around Europe as well. Yeah. Because obviously West Ham do like a foreign signing. Um, as do many Premier League teams. Let's not just shoehorn West Ham into that. Um <laughs> Is, are they going to start looking at players more from from South America, more from, God forbid, the Far East or Australia or players like that? Where obviously There's an incredible mix at the moment in the squad, isn't there? There is, there is. And is that going to be the way forward in the future if you're going to start looking at South American players more, North American players more, uh, because there's not the ease of, of free movement of people in and around Europe? What's it going to mean for prices of players and getting visas and work permits and, and God knows what else that goes all into it. It's uh, I imagine that's not what they're going to be debating in the House of Commons tomorrow. But um, it's something certainly worth uh, worth thinking about if you're struggling to sleep one night and you want to doze off. Have a think about that. There you go. Yep. <laughs> certainly. Listen to this podcast and it'll send you to sleep. Think about Brexit. <laughs> well, um, we're, we're going to look at West Ham's trip to... Bournemouth very briefly now. Actually, I think all I'm going to ask is a score prediction, which, which I know you love to give. So, well, well it always something always happens against Bournemouth, doesn't it? <laughs> it always it's always Bournemouth. Indeed. It was always Bournemouth. It was a three-three down there last year, which was when Callum Wilson scored with his head. Uh, sorry, scored with his hand when he was oh, offside. Yeah. And it was overruled by Bobby Madley. Remember that? Fuming. Incredible scenes. And fuming in injury time. Uh, and then they won at pretty, they won at London Stadium, didn't they, earlier this season? And then they won, at last, yeah. they won there last year as well. Um, I don't think West Ham won down at their place like the before season before either. I think it was another. I think it was, was it three two, yeah, and well, it three two, and I think it might have been a late winner from from um, Bournemouth. Yeah, another dramatic I game. I can't remember, but um, I like Bournemouth's ground actually. Bournemouth's a really nice little ground. Um, so yeah, we're, we're, I have to take that into consideration because West Ham never get anything out of Bournemouth games; they never do. And uh, so I take that into consideration, and I'm going to go with the draw. Uh, five five. No. Uh, <laughs> as, much, as, as great as that would be, it'll make the journey worthwhile. Nah, two two. Two two. Desmond. <laughs> Could well be. Right. Let, let's try and get it, get through this conclusion. As ever, Sam, if anyone wants to um, follow you on Twitter, I'm sure they know who you are anyway if they're listening to this podcast. Although we do have a lot of international listeners, for instance. Well, actually, we can turn this into a fun little quiz. Guess how many listeners in the last episode we had from Milwaukee? (laughs) Three. And it it was more than any other place. Three. Three. No, a whole 11 listeners from Milwaukee, so... (laughs) Hello, I'm not Mi- sure where there's a. Hello, Milwaukee. I don't know what, what even it was. What's there? I don't know. Milwaukee Hammers, maybe? Okay, <laughs> <laughs> no. I just, if there is a Milwaukee West Ham fan club, hello. Get get in touch. Get in touch. Yeah, come and say hello. Um, yeah, but I was just thinking, like, in general, what's in Milwaukee? Like, what is it? 
Well, it's in it's in Wisconsin, isn't it? Could that's, be. That's, that's <laughs> about as much I know about it, to be honest. Could be. Could be. I don't know. Um, anyway, we, we digress. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I know you can find me on Twitter uh, at Sam underscore Incasol TM, which I need to actually change uh, at some point, but I'll keep it like that for the time being. It's the one with the blue tick next to it. That's me. Uh, and you can find all my stuff on there fantastic well thank you very much for coming on Sam as ever and thank you and especially to our listeners in Milwaukee for listening (laughs) to the the West Ham Matters podcast we'll be back next Friday with another episode goodbye for now